Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome, Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. You can watch us on MileHighSports.com, but you can't watch Bruce. He is off not only today, but for the rest of the week. He's on assignment, which is code for he's not on assignment, which means he's just enjoying some time to himself. With that, uh, one of his co-workers at Fox 31 Channel 2, Mick Miller, is joining us t- this morning. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? It's been a while. Uh, it has been a while. Uh, you worked late last night. Mm-hmm. I flew in late last night, so both of us a little tired. Other than that, um, what else is happening? You know, just getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Yesterday was down in Boulder as the women's basketball team were going to Durham. They're playing Middle Tennessee State this coming Saturday. Right. And then the NCAA tournament's coming here uh, this coming weekend. Got to say, a little disappointed with the teams that are coming. I was hoping we'd get, like, one of the big hitters. We got Gonzaga, but, you know, Gonzaga hasn't really proven to be one of the big hitters when it right. comes to playing in the NCAA right. tournament. But it's March Madness. I mean, this is the best time of the year. There's so much going on. Where'd you go to college again? Went to a small school in Hawaii, BYU, Hawaii, played Division Two basketball. Oh, so you uh, you are all jacked up for not only the tournament, but uh, watching the tournament. Yeah, here. back then we had to get up at 5 a.m. because of the time difference to watch the first game. So uh, right. there wasn't a lot of going to class back then. Right. But then uh, again, there wasn't going to class on a regular basis either. Right. <laughs> Real quick, uh, see women. You did that story yesterday. Got <laughs> robbed. Should have been higher in the seedings. You know, I thought they should have been probably a four or five seed. Um I'm not going to say it was a huge snub, but it was a little disappointing to see that they got a six seed. I think they did enough during the regular season, yeah. um, albeit they did lose to Washington State uh, in the Pac-12 tournament. But I did think that they were deserved at least at by a five seed. Getting a six seed, yeah. I thought that was a little disappointing by the committee. I think the term, you know, getting robbed is used way too loosely. Mm-hmm. If you are a legitimate five seed, and you fall to eight, and in the second round, you have to face the number one seed. That's one thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, just win the games in front of you. Go win six in a row. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of hard to say that you were robbed when you probably should have been a five seed, and then you got a six seed. Like, that's just a it's, matter of yeah. semantics. And right. so, it's yeah, like you said, it's not like they got to an eight seed, and now they're going to have to play South Carolina right. in the second round. So, they kind of dodged a bullet on that. And one. a four plays a five seed anyway. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. And then who's next? Oh man, a one seed, then a one seed, yeah. So maybe you lucked out. You get the you're you're in the other half of the yeah. bracket. Yep. You get the two seed. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Legal tampering. Period. One of the great oxymorons of our lifetime, <laughs> like jumbo shrimp. Today is the start of the legal tampering period, because honestly, before there was the legal tampering period, there were players and teams talking to each other when they weren't supposed to. So they just made it legal, I suppose. Um, As the Broncos look for some players, and I think they will likely be active because they don't have a lot of draft picks. What's more important right now, finding a right tackle or finding a replacement for Draymond Jones, who is as good as gone. I got to say the right tackle, because at the end of the day, you have to protect Russell Wilson. You have to put an offense around him. That's going to make him successful. As much as I like Draymond Jones, I'm not going to want to have to pay him anywhere between 18 and $20 million annually for five sacks a year. 
and I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy the entire season. Whereas the right tackle position is a position that since Peyton Manning really seems that it's every single year, it's one guy in, one guy out at the end of the day. You're now putting a Sean Payton offense in the orange and blue where Russell Wilson's going to have to be able to establish the run. So you're going to have to have a tackle that can both pass block and run block. And let's be honest, Russell Wilson, he has to be protected because at the end of the day, if he's running around like he was this past season, I don't think the weapons that he has right now know how to be like a Doug Baldwin or a Tyler Lockett where they are elite at the scramble drill. So it's going to have to be a lot of things on you know, on target, it's going to have to be one, two, three step drops, one, two, three options real quick. So I think right tackle is probably the most important uh, position that they need to address this offseason. Okay, let's see if I'm missing anybody here. It would not surprise me if they try and target two offensive linemen, not just one. I will start with right tackle, Caleb McGarry, Mike McGlinchey. You have a preference, one over the other, both are right tackles. Uh, McGlinchey, I think, would likely cost more. Uh, the Falcons decline McGarry's fifth-year option. Uh, you would expect him to certainly make some money, uh, but I think he'll likely be cheaper than McGlinchey. Yeah, I think, you know, especially at the offensive line position, I tend to lean, you know, whatever the cheaper option is. Oh. The main thing. Oh. The main, I don't want to pay, unless it's like an all-pro future Hall of Famer, I don't want to dish out an, you know, like, a, a, mean, an insane amount of money. I mean, like sure. Orlando Brown? Yeah, you know, that's a good option. I mean, they did bring the Chiefs did bring him in because if you remember the last time they were in the Super Bowl, they couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes. And but so, wait a minute, I'm going to go back to what you just said. I'm willing to pay a guy whose trajectory is the Hall mm -hmm. of Fame. Then you should be all in on Orlando Brown. Does he play the left tackle position? He sure does. So then, what would you do? Then would you switch? Would you get rid of Bowles, bring in Orlando Brown, and then try to find somebody else at the right tackle position? For starters, I would restructure Bowles. Okay. Okay. You have to do that mm -hmm. and say, dude, here's your spot. This is what you're doing. Yeah. You're playing here. Don't tell me you can't play here. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me you don't want to play here. Now, if you do that, he's going to say, I'm not going to restructure. Yeah. Right. So, so then what do you do? You're clearly upgrading with Orlando Brown. I'm just probably having a conversation with you mm -hmm. as much as anything else, because it's not going to happen. Yeah. You said, I'm, I'd rather go cheap. We've seen what happens when the Broncos don't really bring in the best guy. Although you can make the case uh, when you look at a lot of their right tackles over the last seven years. Oh, goodness gravy. Yeah. They didn't go cheap and they got hot garbage to boot. Mm -hmm. That's why I tend to like, you know, spread the money out unless you can get like a Orlando Brown or like a Quentin Nelson that, you know, is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about. But wait a minute. Let's not talk about that. Mm hmm. Let's talk about what's in front of us. Yeah. You have Orlando Brown, everybody else. Who do you like? In that case, I think I would bring in an Orlando Brown because it's proven to work. You bring that guy in and you can basically assure that Russell Wilson's blind spot is going to be okay. And then you can kind of try to fill in the pieces, um, especially at the left tackle position. If you're talking about center or guard, I tend to lean not wanting to pay that guy an exorbitant exorbitant amount of money. Uh, but if you're saying that I can, we can bring in Orlando Brown, I say do it. Well, they won't. They're, they're not going to pay that type of money. I, they're not. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have Bowles, who's not going to want to switch. First of all, you want him to restructure. Yeah. That's the goal. You want him. You want to, a lot of dudes to restructure at this point. Um, you, you want him to restructure. 
Um, and there's one other guy that you can probably ask to restructure, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have a lot of options. You can't ask Cortland Sutton to restructure because he's too much on the dead cap. Yeah. I mean, or let me rephrase that. You, you can't ask him to restructure because you don't necessarily want him long term. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. I think Caleb McGarry is certainly going to be an option. McGlinchey is going to be an option. Uh, I keep hearing Ben Powers a lot with the Ravens, an interior lineman. He's definitely going to cost some money. Mm-hmm. So how much are you willing to spend on him? I think you can probably get uh, Dasik um, out of Cleveland. I don't think he's going to be overly expensive, but I think you need to bring in two guys for sure. As far as what's happening over at replacing Draymond Jones, who is definitely going to be out, uh, the Broncos cut Glasgow, no surprise. Darby is out, no surprise. Mm -hmm. Chase Edmonds. um, What I found interesting was, I believe it was at the Combine, that George Payton said, we want to bring back Edmonds. Well, cut him. I'm sure they'll find a way to bring him back. Uh, seventh most cap room, $33 million. So who's your choice to replace Draymond Jones? I think you go in the draft. I think you got those two third-round picks. Draymond Jones was a third-round pick. Uh, Greg Dulcich, third-round pick. Baron Browning, third-round pick. So George Payton has proven that he can hit in those middle rounds, and then you don't have to pay the guy anything. So I don't know if there's a pass rusher or defensive tackle out there that really catches my eye. So I would go into the draft and see if you can find a young kid that you can bring in. Um, again, I don't, I, I like Draymond Jones as an Ohio state football fan, you know, loved him at Ohio state. think he's a really great guy, but again, the production this past season, I think was blown out of proportion. I think people look at him and see him as a superstar defensive tackle. I don't put him in that class. So I think if you go into the draft and you find somebody with one of those two third round picks, that would probably be my option because you probably can get close to the production and you don't have to fork out a big contract uh, for the guy. Zach Allen with the Cardinals who played for uh, Vance Joseph last season. He's not going to cost as much as Draymond Jones. I don't think he will. I think he is a guy absolutely they target to bring in. I mean, at the at the end of the day, free agency, you fill holes, and then whatever you didn't, then you go after the draft. Uh, I know George Payton's history, but you are asking that third-round pick to hit immediately. Mm-hmm. They have to hit. They don't have a choice. Because yeah. Deshaun Williams, he's a free agent too. Mm-hmm. How I don't much do you think he's going to cost? I don't think he's going to cost a ton. I think he's a great locker room guy. I think that's a guy that you definitely bring back, at least for another well, season. Well, you may not have that option. Mm-hmm. Somebody might want to bring him back, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you have on your defensive line right now? You have DJ Jones. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you have some. You have Henningsen you can bring back. Uh, you have Zerike, you're going to bring him back too. But how confident do you feel in both of those guys just plugging and playing Sean Williams leaves or Draymond Jones leaves. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this philosophy that I've had this offseason is you really haven't had to worry so much about the defense in in recent years. You, they basically just bring dudes in and they make it work. And Vance Joseph, I think, is going to be a good defensive coordinator. I've been of the mindset this, this offseason that, you know, you do have to make sure that you have a good defense. You do have to make sure that you have guys in there that are going to make an impact. But so much of what I feel like the, the Broncos need to do this summer is invest in the offense. 
They I mean, do. You, if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and you look at a lot of the upper echelon, aside from the Philadelphia Eagles, they were stacked defensively, and we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. Kansas City's defense, I don't think, was considered an elite defense. They were a solid defense with offensive pieces and a great offensive mind that could put points up on the board and could outscore people. So I'm I'm of the mindset is you got a great secondary, I think. I think if you bring Alex Singleton back, you'll have a solid linebacking core and you do have to find some pieces for the defensive line, but my philosophy is, you know, the defense is going to figure itself out. I'm so invested in the offense. And I know it's an offensive league, that's what everybody talks about, that's what gets clicks, but when it looks at the defense, I mean, I think if you have DJ Jones on the defensive line and you bring in maybe a rookie and you go get one free agent, I think defensively with Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons, and the guys on the back end, you're going to be a solid defense, middle of the pack, if not a little bit better. Offense is really where I want to make sure that we're making investments on that offensive line. And another position that I think really needs to be looked at, running back. I know yeah. it's not valued in the NFL anymore. Right. I feel like you can bring anybody in, but that's the position I want to look at. Okay. Who did the uh, Broncos trade two years ago? Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I've said to Bruce, the Broncos are treating their defense like a game of Jenga. Mm-hmm. You know that game? Yep. Okay. Really bad at that game, by the way. Well, well, the the Broncos might be really bad at it too, depending on what we see in free agency in the draft. They trade Von Miller. I understand that they got a lot of value for him. I would have traded him too, actually. Second round pick, third round pick, pass rusher. Last year they trade Bradley Chubb pass rusher. I would have made the trade too. You got a first round pick, right? Mm-hmm. You, you almost never get a first round pick at the trade deadline. Now you're letting Draymond Jones walk. Another Jenga piece you're pulling from the from the pile. I have no idea how good Juazrique is. I really have no idea how good Henningsen is. I don't really necessarily trust, trust a third round draft pick to come in here and fill in immediately. I don't care how good your secondary is. If you can't rush the passer, mm-hmm. your secondary blows if you can't rush the passer. Mm-hmm. The no-fly zone, when I covered them, yeah, they were really good. <clears throat> Look who was rushing the passer. Yeah, Tons of, tons of pressure. At the end of the day, your, your defensive line and your ability to rush the passer is the foundation of your house. Mm-hmm. Secondary is all the nice furniture. All due respect to safeties and cornerbacks who played this game. I understand that with a guy like Pat Sertan, he he is a special player. I get that. Uh, I don't think they're going to bring Kareem Jackson back. Love me some Caden Stearns. That guy can really ball. And he started slowly. He got better. Oh, no, actually, I'm referring to Damari Mathis. Caden Stearns can play. Mm-hmm. Damari Mathis, he came on a little bit. How good is he going to do if uh, there's no pass rush and he has to cover a guy for eight seconds? Mm-hmm. How good is Sertan going to do when he has to cover a guy for eight seconds because there's no pass rush? You know, do, do you really believe that that Randy Gregory is going to play 17 games? I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the history suggests that. Uh, Baron Browning, I like Baron Browning. He's a good player. He's a better than average player. He's not elite, is he? Do you think he's elite? Not yet. Oh. So you have a guy who's not a lead at pass rushing. You have a guy who's always injured. And you have Jonathan Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then you just lost your top sack guy. Yeah. Who's rushing the passer? Got to figure that out. Oh, no, you got to invest in it. Yeah. 
Got to invest. I am with you on the offensive line. Totally with you on the offensive line. But again, like a game of Jenga, your top three pass rushers are gone. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get to the quarterback? Do you think there's a guy in free agency right now that's if they bring him in, that's instant impact guy? Nope, I don't. I think they're going to go with Browning. You know, they invest a lot in Gregory. Maybe Zach Allen gives them some pressure. Maybe Rosarike is the guy. Mm-hmm. But they they lost three really good pass rushers. And one of them played defensive line. Individually, I would have made all of those trades. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they're going to really get to the quarterback. Coming up after the break, you and I were walking in here. You were talking about the Nuggets. You're disgusted. Ugh. You've had it. Um, I'm upset. I bet you are after a three-game losing streak. Oh, the sky is falling. Three losses in a row out of 82 games. I have a feeling we are going to differ in our opinion. That's next. So Friday night, Holy Ghost, take me to your level. Show me the one I need the Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. Filling in today, Mick Miller. You can catch him on Fox 31 and Channel 2. Uh, with Bruce, without Bruce. Personally, I think he's better without Bruce because I think Bruce drags <laughs> him down. And I'm totally joking about that. With that, I want to tell you about uh, Paramount Siding and Windows. This is absolutely the place to go if you are looking to redo the windows and siding of your home. Family-owned business to, in uh, 2009. Um, that's uh, how long they've been around. Over 400 five-star Google reviews. You know their customers love them. Uh, you can check out their uh, brick and mortar. They have that off of uh, Broadway. You can check out anything that you want, whether it's siding, different types of windows, phantom screens, or they're more than happy to come to your house. Treat yourself to a home makeover today at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com and let your neighbors see the Paramount way. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows. It's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. Oh, everybody's panicking about the Nuggets. They've lost three in a row. Come on. Yesterday, lost to Brooklyn. In all three of those games, by the way, they've had a lead. They've blown a lead. With you on that. Lost to the Bulls. Lost to the Spurs. Spurs stink. Swing in the game. Third quarter yesterday. Outscored 37 to 18. Although Malone said in his postgame press conference, the team didn't defend in the opening three quarters, and that's why they lost. Uh, Malone also said, last three games, our defense has been non-existent. Nuggets, by the way, against San Antonio, gave up 42 points in the second quarter. You concerned, or is this a bump in the road? I think this is a bump in the road. Um, Wait a minute. That's not what you told me walking in. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. This is a bump in the road. Like you said, 82-game schedule. It's not about a three-game losing streak. Shoot, they could lose three games to end the season. I don't care. Right. 
What drives me crazy is during the three-game losing streak and the last, uh, I'd say, two to three weeks of basketball, mm -hmm. they're reverting back to the last two seasons. Right. Jamal Murray has a little stinger. Mm -hmm. Goes out. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't play defense and sits the entire fourth quarter except for 20 seconds. Has 23 points in 23 minutes. Newsflash, nobody plays defense in the NBA. So I get everybody like Christian Brown, Christian Brown, but guess what? Michael Porter Jr. gets buckets, and this is a league where dudes that are on the floor should be getting buckets. I don't trust a rookie to go out there and be able to score 23 points in 23 minutes. So, okay, Michael Porter Jr. doesn't play defense, so he's going to sit the entire fourth quarter, and then we're just going to start plugging random dudes into the lineup. Then Nikola Jokic now feels the need that he has to now get 35, 20, and 12 and lose. Whereas before, the last two games that Nikola Jokic has had a triple-double, they're 0-2. They were 25-0 and 0 to start the season when he had a triple-double. So it's not so much that it's a three-game losing streak. You can That happens. It's happened twice this season. It's only the fourth time this season that they've had back-to-back -back losses um, in the year. They're still going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. The West is going to go through Denver. Uh, who knows? Maybe if Milwaukee has a little bit of a stumble, you end the season with the best record in the league. But it's the refer it's the reverting back to the old Nuggets that we've seen the last two seasons. Jokic has to do everything. Mm -hmm. Murray's not in the lineup, and Michael Porter Jr. is on the bench because he doesn't play defense. Okay. Um, where do I begin with this? I agree with you. This is an offensive lead. The mistake that I think Malone is making is is not getting Christian. Uh, Brown on the floor more. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. Does a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And no, he doesn't score like Michael Porter Jr. However, this is the point that everybody is missing about Michael Porter Jr. And I've heard other people talk about this. Don't you want your coach to hold guys accountable? Especially young guys? Or should we just let them just stay out there? and play piss-poor defense. Don't tell me how many points he scores. He's playing one end of the floor. And that was his problem earlier in his career. We're not going to hold this guy accountable, so you just let him stay out there. If you're going to bench him, bench him in the regular season. You can't do it in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Malone would not be doing this if this was the playoffs. So you have to send a message that you better play defense. Mm -hmm. We need you out there showing some sort of an effort. I think the biggest problem for Malone is I don't understand why he doesn't want to use Christian Brown more. Give him 10 minutes a game. Give him something. I had zero problems benching Michael Porter Jr. Please. Please. Let me, let me ask he you has this. Gotten, he has gotten better. He has gotten better. I like the fact that he is more of as much of a scorer now mm -hmm. as he is a shooter. So... Stephen Curry, would you consider him a great defender? Nope. But he's got good defenders around him, right? Would you consider him a leader? I would consider him a leader. Would you consider Michael Porter Jr. a leader? No. Then there's your difference. I don't think so. When it comes to defense, you could be a leader. You could not be a leader. Defense is... Some guys are just good defenders. Some guys aren't. So what Steve Kerr did those defense years at the Warriors... Defense is effort. Stop it. You play basketball. Yeah, yeah, but let's be honest. How many guys can you point at in the NBA and say he gives defensive effort? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
there aren't a lot. And so this idea that defense is so important, mm-hmm. the best of the defensive player of the year for this year will probably be Bam Adebayo, I would assume, from the Miami Heat. Giannis gets 40 on Bam every single time he plays him. So the best defender in the league doesn't do anything, especially with the NBA rules nowadays. Back in the day, you could hip check. You could stop a guy. Now you can't even breathe on a guy. So here's my thing about Michael Porter Jr. is my question is, what is Michael Malone doing to hide his weaknesses defensively? Because you can do things defensively mm-hmm. to hide a guy's weakness. And so while I'm not absolving Michael Porter Jr. from his defensive flaws at all, mm-hmm. I'm also holding Michael Malone accountable as to what are you doing from a defensive scheme. And I'm also looking at Ryan Sanders because he's the defensive coordinator for the Denver Nuggets. What are you doing from a defensive scheme to put Michael Porter Jr. in the best position? Because that's something that you do in the regular season. You try to figure out in the regular season. Show some effort. Show some effort. Fake it. (laughs) Fake it if you have to, MPJ. Fake it. He doesn't show the effort. Fine. He doesn't have great defensive skills. Fake it. Mm-hmm. Just show some effort and don't let a guy blow by you because you don't want to pick up six fouls. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Jokic, uh, uh, Jokic is not going to get pulled. Jokic yep. is not a great defender. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, they've There's already, only two great, quote unquote, great defenders in that starting lineup. It's AG and KCP. I would agree. And then you, and I think Bruce Brown's a pretty good defensive player. Mm-hmm. But But here's the thing. When you watch Christian Brown out there, you see effort. Mm-hmm. You see a guy trying. You don't really see a guy trying full every minute he's on the floor in Michael Porter Jr. You have to hold a young guy accountable and let him know this is not acceptable. You're not going to do that with a veteran. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. He hasn't played a lot of basketball. Barely played in college. He's barely played with the Nuggets. I don't even know if he's played two full seasons with this team when you add up all the games. Young guys, you can hold accountable. Older veterans, it kind of is what it is. You just bench him and just leave him there. Mm -hmm. Michael Porter Jr. needs to learn that you can't go out there playing defense with a red cape. And you have to, I mean, what did we talk about with the Broncos last year? What was one of the biggest problems? Nathaniel Hackett didn't hold guys accountable. And we all applauded it, didn't we? You know, uh, once Jerry Rossberg came in, oh, man, we were applauding the fact that Montreal Washington went to the bench because nobody held him accountable. We, 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 we were all over Nathaniel Hackett because he didn't hold Melvin Gordon accountable, right? Mm-hmm. And now suddenly we have a problem with Michael Malone holding Michael Porter Jr. accountable. Which way do we want to have it? Denver sports fan. Mm-hmm. Do you want do you want the head coach of the Broncos to hold his guys accountable? But we're not going to do it with Michael Porter Jr. because we're on a three-game losing streak. Man, we've lost three straight. The Avalanche lost six of seven to end the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. Does anybody realize that? They lost six of seven. They did okay in the playoffs. They were, okay, I exaggerated. They were marginal in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. Just skated by. Now is the time to teach lessons. The defense has to be better. They do have to play with a more sense of urgency. But let's face it. This team has been in cruise control for a little while. 
Michael Malone pointed it out. Hopefully they turn it back on. But you know what? I'm not worried unless you're telling me they've lost six of seven. But then again, we've seen losing six of seven and what that can turn into. Yeah, I mean, I guess my only rebuttal would be just, you know, the NBA is different from the NHL and the NFL in this regard. Not being accountable, not, not when it comes to holding guys accountable. Yeah, but there are, it's different in that, you know, you can hold guys accountable in hockey and in the, in the NFL. The players have so much power in the NBA. NBA so my Michael only, Porter Jr. has zero power. Well, he has, he has about $150 million in his bank account that say different. Well, well, that's a lot. That's a whole heck of a lot of power. Well, and so the problem that I have is, yes, guys should be held accountable. I don't think you should bench a guy for the fourth quarter, though, in a game at home against Brooklyn, where you probably want to get back on track because now you have to go on the East Coast for five for five straight games. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Again, I'm not absolving Michael Porter Jr. of any sort of criticism. But these guys are different in the NBA. They grow up in the AAU culture where they're told they're special when they're in seventh grade. You don't want a guy checking out. And Michael Porter Jr. seems to like be a guy. If you start benching him, and he even said in the I, – I, somebody reported yesterday, he's like, you know, he benched me in the fourth quarter. It's hard to get into a rhythm in 20 seconds. Play some defense. That's a quote from a guy that is – if you start to bench him in the fourth quarter, that's a guy that to me seems like he's going to start to check out. And you need – unfortunately, the NBA isn't so much about holding guys accountable. It's coddling making sure that they're in a good headspace because you never know if they're going to pull a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant and be like, you know, I'm done. Trade me. That's the difference between the NBA and the NHL and the NFL. You can, those guys are different, you know, and they aren't coddled from the age of seventh grade forward. You know what you call that? Soft. Well, guess what? You know, that's, that's the NBA culture. Look, did you watch the last dance? Phil Jackson had to coddle Dennis Rodman and let him go to Vegas. That's been the culture of the NBA for decades. Totally different with Dennis Rodman and Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I know it's apples and oranges, but the idea of the coaching, coaching philosophy is sometimes you have to coddle these guys. You know what? He's the, he's the third best player on this team. Maybe another team will want him. He's soft. He's soft. And everyone in that building knows it. Well, there are a lot of dudes in the NBA that are soft, Eric. N- not on this team. Uh, not on this team. Not Jokic. Not Murray. Not KCP. Not Aaron Gordon. Not the guys you need to play. Certainly not Christian Brown. Not Bruce Brown. Not Kankar. Nope. The differences between Chanchar and yep. Christian Brown. Yep. Don't trust them in the playoffs, and they won't be playing in the playoffs. Who? Chanchar, Christian Brown, they will not be in a playoff rotation. So uh, Christian Brown should be. And if he doesn't, that's Malone's mistake. That's where I'll criticize him. Aside from effort, what does Christian Brown bring to the table that makes winning basketball? Effort. He brings that. He brings defense. He wants to get in your kitchen. You know what else? He's probably the only guy in that roster that has ever won anything. And Jokic said that after the game. This yeah, is, but winning a high school state championship, you don't want to be the dude that peaks in high school. Yeah. Well, he did. Like, that's cool. Like, oh, you he, won a national Mick, championship, you won a state championship. You Mick, know what that means in the NBA? Mick. Absolutely Mick, nothing. He, he didn't peak in high school. He knows what it takes to win. No one on this roster else does. Yeah, but he doesn't know what it takes to win in the NBA, though. That's apples and oranges. Like, winning at Kansas is completely different I than winning in the NBA. And let's be honest, like, a lot of these dudes were stars in high school, were stars in college. I mean, you know, one of the greatest winners in the history of college basketball, Christian Leitner, didn't know how to play. 
didn't know how to win in the NBA. So he wasn't a great player in the NBA. He wasn't his game wasn't suited. I'm with you for the NBA. I didn't say Jokic did. Jokic said, I think Christian Brown won a couple of things. I've never won anything in my life. I think I know how, what mindset needs to be. He has that mindset. He does have a championship mindset. He plays hard every single play that he is out there. You can't say that about everybody on that team. Don't you want a guy like that out there? Of course you do. Mm -hmm. Of course you do. I don't know why you of all people, you played basketball. You want a guy like that on the floor. I'm not suggesting for 25 minutes a game. Maybe that rubs off. Mm -hmm. Maybe the guys see him. Maybe he's the Rudy of the Nuggets where one coach says to a player, why can't you play more like Rudy? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. If if MPJ has to be coddled, trade him. Mm -hmm. Get rid of him. I think he's improved. I think he's more of a scorer right now than he is a shooter. I applaud the way he has transitioned his game. But we can't, in a regular season game, we can't sit a guy down because Nuggets fans are going to be butthurt about it that we lost three in a row. You have to make guys accountable. We demand accountability out of the head coach of the Denver Broncos with his players, but we shouldn't do that with Michael Malone. Please. Coming up after the break, Draymond Jones. I'm not saying he's found his team. I think I know where he might want to go. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Mick Miller from Channel 2 and Fox 31 filling in this morning. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. Well, Draymond Jones showing a little shoulder. Pulling up his skirt and showing a little leg to the Cleveland Browns. He's from that area. Said, man, for a lot of Ohio kids, this would be a dream come true playing for the Browns. Really? For the Browns? Well, you're an Ohio kid. Do you want to go play for the Cincinnati Bengals historically? I doubt it. With that, he said it would be pretty cool to play with Denzel Ward. They played together at Ohio State. And um, also believes, hey, it would be awesome to be able to play with Miles Garrett. Uh, you do remember this. It happened uh, during the season, right after the Bradley Chubb trade. Uh, he was asked, talking about Draymond Jones, are you going to be back next season? Did you have a contract coming up? And it seemed like it was very terse at the time. And he said, I'm here. But do you want to come back? I'm here. Would you like to come? I'm here. Was that kind of a little foreshadowing? Eric, let me tell you something. I lived in Cleveland, uh, Ohio, for about five years from the ages from, I think, seven to around 12. It was not the dream of Ohio kids to play for the Browns. You know what the dream was? To play for 
the Ohio State University, yep. get drafted in the NFL, right. and pray to the Lord it was not by the Browns and the Bengals. Right. Now, if he wants to go back home, I can understand that, wanting to go back home. But no, it is not the dream of Ohio kids <laughs> to play for the freaking Browns. Right. That's a nightmare of an Ohio kid is to have to play for the Cleveland Browns. Look, I think Draymond Jones is a really good dude. Um, again, Ohio State fan. Grew, lived a, a couple of years in Ohio, so got a lot of love for those Ohio guys. Listen, Draymond's awesome, but if he leaves, I don't think Broncos country is going to be up in arms. I think he's a really good player, but I'm not going to want to pay him the franchise tag that's way too much money. And finding out a contract, I don't want to pay him a lot of money. Here's the thing with Draymond. When you look at his numbers, they're, they're good numbers. Mm -hmm. But... He isn't the guy who made impactful plays that made you go, wow. And I think that's why Broncos country is kind of lukewarm on him walking out the door. I understand he's had five and a half sacks, six and a half sacks, five and a half sacks, but it never seemed to come in moments of a game where it really mattered. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when the Broncos uh, let Shaquille Barrett walk. That guy was always around the ball, always making plays. Mm -hmm. uh, Malik Jackson, impactful guy, made plays. Remember the Super Bowl? You had Derek Wolf making plays that were memorable in key moments. And Malik Jackson, Derek Wolf played the same position as Draymond Jones. I'm not saying Draymond Jones isn't a really good player. I think he's a very good player, and he's the best player as, at his position in free agency. But Broncos fans don't look at him and say, man, he helped us win this game. Remember when he made that interception? Remember when he made that fourth quarter sack? Truth is, it was on teams that weren't very good where he can make a play in the fourth quarter and they can win because they didn't win a lot of games. That's not his fault. But at the end of the day, when your stats are in the first quarter or during blowouts, and I'm not suggesting they were, because I don't know when every sack of his actually happened. But I don't remember him making a lot of plays in all the years that he's been here. Not a knock on him, but that's not, but that's the reason why people aren't, that's the reason why people are going to say, well, he walks out the door, he walks out the door. Yeah, like you said, if you are trying to, if you take last year's defense and you give me, you say, give me five guys that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Patrick Sertan. Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, shoot, Josie Jewell, yep. Alex Singleton's yep. a fan favorite. Draymond doesn't, Draymond doesn't make that list. No. And that's unfortunate because, like you said, good dude, good player. But if he leaves and you're like, what is he remembered by? People yes. will be like, who? People won't remember him really for anything. He never had that signature moment. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? We'll talk some abs as they begin a four-game road trip tonight. And since we've last been on air, the Bears traded the number one pick in the NFL draft. We'll get into that next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Miller on Mile High Sports. DJ play another from the prison sure highness. Only bad chicks riding my whip. South to the west, to the east, to the north. Bump my hips and watch them go off, but go off again. Yes, sure. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com.
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle, Mick Miller from Fox 31 and Channel 2 filling in for Bruce. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. All right, guys, just in case you missed it, on Saturday, the Avs earned a 3-2 overtime win over the Coyotes as Kale McCarr netted a nasty overtime winner. Uh, Avs dominated the game as they outshot Arizona 44-20. Colorado starts a four-game road trip tonight in Montreal. Uh, How are we feeling about the Avs as they begin this four-game roadie with three of the four games in Canada? Yeah, I, I, I like where they're at. I would have liked them to get three of, you know, three of the four at home before going on this road trip, which is now setting up for them to be an important road trip. I think they sit at third in the Central Division right now. You'd like to get up there, um, maybe to the two spot, just so you have a little bit more wiggle room and you try to get out of the wild card. But listen, I like where they're at, and obviously at the end of the day, I like where they're at because I like where their leadership is. I love Jared Bednar and how he holds his guys accountable. We talked about that just a couple minutes ago with Michael Malone on the Denver Nuggets. I like where Jed Bednar holds his players. I like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and their mindset of never being satisfied. And so hopefully they go into this road trip. I'd love for them to get three of the four and try to get six points out of this this road trip. I mean, they won the game, mm-hmm. which is good. They're not playing well. It's, it's, nice, it's nice certainly to get a win. You wound up beating a Sharks team that certainly isn't very good. And Arizona's awful. I'm glad you could beat the bad teams. That's fantastic. You get some points. This is the team that really needs to step it up because they're on the bottom rung. I'm not suggesting if they are the last seed in that they can't go out and beat the number one seed. But we, we had this conversation all year. When are you concerned? When are you concerned? Should we be concerned that the Stanley Cup champs? There should be some serious concern right now. They, they had played well for a while, then they took a step back. They'll make the playoffs. I have zero doubt that they will, but they could very easily be one and done. It's one of those questions of like, can they can they just turn it on? Like, and that's the problem is like the, the inconsistency then leads you to think, I don't think they can turn it on. But then you're like, but last year they turned it on in the playoffs and they were fine. It's one of those things where you can't live in last season, you have to look at what you're actually seeing on a night and night at basis. I have heard other people say about this team, listen, the regular season is kind of a, a, a nuisance to them. They just want to get to the playoffs. They're just kind of playing. They just want to get in, and then they'll flip the switch. A light switch mentality is not a good thing. A light switch mentality is uh, we can turn it on whenever we want to. Mm-hmm. You turn it on when you have built the habits in order to do that. And right now, this team is different. I'm sorry, than last year's team, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, for the mo- first, like, for the first point, none of the guys are healthy. Right. 
They've and been they've been banged. There's up. been a lot of banged up. So yeah, I think you know, that that in- inconsistency in the lineup has definitely played a part in that. You don't have Landeskog. You don't have Kadri. Mm-hmm. Those are two big differences. Yeah. All right, uh, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store and try out the appliances before you buy them. That is the Mountain High Appliance difference. If you want to upfit your entire kitchen, they can do that for you. If you want something to fit your budget, highly recommend you go to their clearance center in Denver. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. Again, you can find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, the legal tampering period begins in about two hours, who are the Broncos going to be at, going after? And what's more important, finding a right tackle or finding someone to replace Draymond Jones? Mick and I will talk about that next. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange, when you're strange, when you're strange. 